Welcome to Dice and Suffering, home of more chaos than we have dice. And we have a lot of dice. Dice and Suffering presents The Fall of the First Sword, Chapter 3 High Society. Greetings, mortals! Carrie's <laughs> face. I bid you welcome to Dice and Suffering. Mainly suffering. Mostly suffering. Infinite suffering. But no, welcome back to Blades in the Dark, which is crime time. Insert Chad's terrible singing from previous episodes. Crime time, crime time, crime time. Here's some crime, it never fails. It makes me wanna wag my tail. When it comes, I wanna wail. Crime. What? I'm so glad Zoom <laughs> cut off like half of that. No, but it is crime o'clock. And by that, I mean it's 7.45 on a Tuesday. <laughs> Apparently that's the calendar invite for crime. Oh, but we have actually had every pairing, every possible pairing of people together. So we're kind of back around the loop again to the original duo who started out the the pimp the pimp process and being just brilliant at tying a man up. I have Chad and I have Karen with me today. Both fresh from their respective heists with the other two. Each with an appreciation for their life choices. No. Harry, who are you playing? I'm playing Mariella Ruby, the spider, the red queen, the haver of a pimp cane. Keeps strippers in her handbag. <laughs> she keeps pulling them out of nowhere like Mary Poppins. She has a Mary Poppins handbag. We've established this. Mary Pimpins. <laughs> Mary Pimpins purse. And accompanying her on this dark and lonely night, Chad. Hello, I am Chad, and today I will be playing Crowley Strixhaven, friend of Jonathan, lover of chloroform, the hound himself, and quote-unquote, retired from the military. Yes, the highlight of Chad's heist was making a friend. Aww. He has a friend now. <laughs> I even wrote it on my sheet. Yeah, I have him on the bit of paper in front of me. Along with Mute Beefcake, the Peppermint Gorilla, and Two Heat. Oh yes, I got to name the strip club. <laughs> yep. Or the brothel. It's both, isn't it? Welcome to the Peppermint Gorilla! You are in fact saying this as you swig open the door to see a delivery man who's come with like, he's got like a fancy envelope. And he's like, he looks at it, kind of glances up and he's like, ah, oh, miss, is Mr. Strixhaven in? Yes, I'll take that and I'll just eat. <laughs> he kind of looks at it. 
looks at the bit of paper he thinks you're meant to sign and goes, yeah, fuck it. Walking. Crowley, medical. The very fancy door shuts. The door that is now free of any particular stains, I should hope. <laughs> I paint to have it cleaned. This has been well cleaned. There is nothing there that would make Crowley suspicious. Just holding this fancy looking envelope. Because I'm pretty sure it's a crime to open other people's mail. You've done several uh, crimes already. Opening other people's mail is just going too far. Crowley, as always, if we're not actually doing something, is in the back room napping. He, he tends to just nap. Crowley's, you know, getting close to 50. He enjoys his sleep, so if there's nothing really going on, Crowley's in the back room, probably just passed out on the couch. I'll go and sit the letter on top of him, and then go back to clapping in time for Bertrude or something. Well, you know, their skills are getting up there, actually. Let's see. Amber, despite hating dancing with every bit, is the only one of them that can do a death drop. Bertrude tried and sprained his left butt cheek or something. Bertrude hasn't gotten up in several hours after his last attempt. <laughs> She's kind of there like, Ow! Would you like an ice pack for that? Yes! Don't forget Bertrude with an ice pack. So whilst you invent the ice pack. Science. <laughs> Just get a towel and like stick some cold substances in it. And you're like, eh. this is fine. Science. Good enough. There is a letter on your face, Crowley. Uh, Crowley wakes up and uh, immediately as he opens his eyes. Uh, what the? Blake, what what the fuck, Blake? And I'll pick the letter up off of my face for seeing it's actually addressed to me. Blake um, looks up okay. from his research, kind of looks at you and is like, what? Nothing. I assumed you would never... Never mind. Uh, who, what, did you see where the letter come from? Mariella. Alright. And I'll swing to sitting up and I'll open this letter that is addressed to me. Do I recognize the handwriting? You don't recognize... You recognize the style of handwriting. It's very much... Someone important has gotten someone to write like 50 billion copies of the same letter. It's one of those send-to-all invite things. But you recognize the stamp at the top of it, and it's also on the wax seal on the back that you just broke. It's the insignia of the armed forces of Asalus. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Well, breaking the seal, open the letter, and read its contents. It says... What was your rank, Crowley? 
Uh, I think I said lieutenant. Yeah. I think we settled on lieutenant. Lieutenant C. Strixhaven. You are cordially invited to attend the annual Veterans Ball. Hosted kindly by Lord Strangford in an attempt to raise money to assist with veteran care and future funding for our good armed forces of whom you serve diligently. The event is, and it's clearly like this letter took a while to get to you because it's technically dated for tomorrow night. It's the event will be held on this day, of this month, of this, I mean, they don't say this year. It will start. Opening remarks will begin at the seventh bell. A meal will be served to all. If you have specific dietary requirements, please inform the staff when you arrive. And you are welcome to bring a plus one. And it's like the usual script of blah 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 cordial conduct dress uniform etc sincerely sincerely Caius Artemis secretary to Lord Shrankford Crowley reads the letter and then reads the letter again and then like turns the letter over like making sure there's nothing else written on it. There's nothing. Is there uh, nothing on the back? If we study or survey, I guess. Uh, I got a dot neither. So, whatever. I'll go I study. You, I'll try and study. I thought this. you gave yourself a dot in one of them. I did. I have a. I have a dot in both of them. So that's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter which one I go with. Take your pick. I have one dot in either. Heart of the die. That's a four. Okay, so... This paper, like, this envelope is thicker than what you're used to. It's not what you'd expect from standard sender message. Uh, noticing there's something off about the envelope and knowing this is definitely above my pay grade. I'm going to stand up from the letter. I'm going to look at Blake for a minute, who knows his back in his research, I'm sure, and then go, uh, I'll see you later, Blake. And I'll head out into the actual uh, club area looking for Mariella. Mariella is currently stood over Bertrude with like a weird like blue object that she seems to have created. And Bertrude's just crying on the floor. Um, I'm truly not going to even ask about what is going on. Um, so apparently, probably. Um, I've been invited to the Veterans Ball, and not only is that really weird, because I 
as you know, was asked very formally to leave said military and have not had the best of terms since I have left. But also, uh, you deal in the upper class and all of these kinds of things. And I'm gonna actually hand uh, Mariella the letter and the envelope and go, there's something wrong with this envelope, right? I'm, I'm not crazy. What do I make of the envelope? Uh, given your background on your class, I'll say, give me study or survey, but you're in a very controlled position for this regardless. Not really sure what the second bit means, but okay. Basically, you're going to get a lot of information either way. Cool, cool. That's a five. This is definitely abnormal. It's people don't bother using thick backing to envelopes when it's a generic invitation being sent out to people. Hmm. You tend to use that if you're sending someone like a several page letter. Because then, you know, the envelope doesn't stretch and break. So the envelope seems to contain more than actually Crowley has said. I see if there's actually anything else in the envelope. Pick at it with my nails or something. Yeah. I won't make you roll for that. Using your nails, you kind of... You see, like, at the back, there's kind of a card at the back. Mm-hmm. It's very much the backing, and you kind of, like, pick at it. And you get a corner that kind of peels away. Yeah. And shows a... It's a card. It's like... It's like a business card. Just sandwiched between two bits of, like, the, the actual envelope. With the image of a hawk. And it says, in very nice cursive script underneath, Mylara has a weakness. Maybe we can organize an exchange. Mm, how mysterious. I was so proudly the card. <laughs> oh, look, a plot hook. Mariela is not phased by much. Um, looking at this card, do I recognize this hawk emblem at all? Just roll me a die, tell me if it's odd or even. Uh, that a three, so odd. You don't remember a great deal about this. But you're fairly certain that there are... There are certain members of the nobility that have aviation, like aviary sigils. This is too detailed a business card to be someone lower than, like, 
terms of a solace. This is the higher council or the council of seven. That's the two levels it could be at. Higher council bullshit. Got it. Uh, looking at the card that I'll look back at, uh, uh, well, um, uh, this is an awkward way to ask this, but you want to go to a ball? Oh. Mary, was like least romantic date ever. You go to these things as friends, DM. <laughs> I know. Uh, well, it looks like it's tomorrow, so I guess we have time to acquire some... I guess I'm going to have to go find my dress uniform. I Fuck. I don't even know. If, I don't know. I'll go check my apartment if I still even have that piece of shit, but I'll figure it out. Uh, yeah. Formal attire, obviously. Naturally. The Red Queen's like, bitch, all my attire is formal. Opens her wardrobe to see all red ball games. Like, hmm, which one shall I wear today? <laughs> How much leg shall I show? No, but with that kind of put in place, we will do downtime as well, just so. Because the coinciding time of you guys getting back from your respective heists is hard to judge because. Time is an anomaly and nothing means anything. So you both have two downtime actions because you've come from simultaneous heists. So again, you can you can train if you're like Kerry. Yeah. You can reduce stress, reduce harm, work on long-term projects, start your own, or try and find something that you think you'll need in the future. Crowley, what up? Well, Crowley does one thing in downtime, and that is it. He either finds doors, which was long since accomplished, so now, first of all, I need to reduce some harm, because I still have level two exercise demons, is what we are calling it. So I need that, I need that down. So with Dr. Brian in tow, though he is very confused about how he can be helpful in dealing with exercising a demon, but, you know. That is 2d6. Ugh, that is disgusting. That is two ones. Oh my god. Alright, well, you have another downtime. Well, I'm gonna, I guess I gotta try again. Like, I have to go, Dr. Brian, I don't know what the hell we're doing here together, but I don't know, say some kind of chance or something. Figure this out. Hail Satan, Dr. Brian. Oh. All right, there we go. That's a six and a five. Okay, so that does total up to four segments of the clock. So that's reduced to level one, which is just kind of, eh, I'll 
call it lingering paranoia. Cool. That means at this point, Crowley still has level one terrified, and now level one lingering paranoia. You're welcome. Very I guess I'm not going to do anything about my stress. Yes. How stressed are you, Crowley? I have five stress right now. This is fine. That's fine. It's fine. Ariella. <laughs> the complete opposite of the scale. What do you want to do? Ariella gets her, her tiny blue weights as arm things. Does some training, so. Dialing a little thingy. Training has, like, it's, it's good. Sometimes you get stuff in the gym, is depthless. You've also just been really, like, on it with balancing stress and pushing yourself and things so it's just kind of basically you're not as suicidal as the rest of the group so basically everyone else is sad and Mariella's like disturbingly cheerful Mariella is the person who skips in at like half six in the morning like good morning good morning wine anyone and just fucking Crowley on the sofa like fuck off Alright, let's um, ascribe LSD or something for everyone. Cheer <laughs> you up a bit. No, but you have several options, really, for your other downtime action. I don't have much stress, so I'll probably just end up overindulging in that, so there's no point doing that one just yet. So let's work on our project. So there's the Cursed Sword, which is a project you and Blake started after the auction. Alright, like to... Potentially, you can reduce heat as well. That's an option now. Do we have heat? You have the party has two heat after was it you or was it them? I can't remember which pair of you brought some heat on yourselves, but I feel like it was the others. I, I think, think it, yeah, I think it was when you like Alex saying something about Yeah, I think it's when you spoke bomb someone in a corridor and then like cold cocked him. Okay, I'll do that. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, no heat. Yeah, the more heat you have, when heat builds up, you then get a wanted level. And wanted level is how involved the blue coats start getting in everything. Yeah, we don't really want those dickheads around here, so... And the only way to deal with a wanted level is, like, for someone to go to jail. Who should we send to jail? (laughs) Blake. (laughs) Fair. The suggestion was Blake, I think, immediately from Alex. <laughs> Alright. We also put his name on the documents, in case anything... Oh yeah, he's the sole, like, the main <laughs> owner to... <laughs> of this place. Yeah, we're all just, we're silent partners. They don't know us. <laughs> Blake's name is front and center. But, but I have custody of Bertrude. <laughs> that was assumed. <laughs> Hey, he's my 
He's my ex-banker and his tiger prince speedo. <laughs> That's a normal sentence. Yeah. I'd like to reduce one I'd like to reduce heat by going, we are not wanted. Sad. Yeah, so how you go about reducing heat is entirely up to your character. So if you want to if you think Mariella would know a few people in the blue coats that she could convince to you know, just accidentally shove a few suspicion reports into the bin, you can do that. If you want to command them to tell them to shut the fuck up. You can do that. Etc. Uh, with the shrewd friends list, even if they're ones I haven't checked, are they people I know of? Yes. Okay, because I've got a blue coat on here. Which one? I got pronounced this wrong, aren't I? It's Jaren. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know of them, it's just which one you're like close to, slash really fucking hate. I haven't I haven't ticked them for anything. No, if you haven't got them ticked for like hate or anything, then give me consort command or sway. Two dots and two others, so which one shall I pick? That's a five and a two. Or consort. Hey, take the five, which reduces two heat, so you guys are back down to zero again. Girls are welcome. You basically sidle up next to this guy and you'd be like, hey, you know that heat? Ignore it. Okay. You just slide into his DMs like, I'm not a criminal. And he's like, okay. <laughs> okay, thumbs up. Here's a free entry pass into the peppermint gorilla. Have a good night. I mean, if it works, it works. It's not stupid if it works. I want to say, Mariello has done so much for the fucking gang. <laughs> it still That's why she's have the a leader. Name. Oh god. That's too well, much pressure. When the leader picked the name, then we'll all go with it. I wouldn't leave that decision entirely in my hands. We will end up with a ridiculous name. Or I'll feel uninspired and call us something like the Menagerie. You can call us whatever you want. It's fine. You're in charge of the gang, so... I'll think on it. Caitlin will get, like, a message at, like, four in the morning, like, I've got it. None of you have got any trauma, right? Well, just checking, because... With vices, and indulging in a vice to reduce stress, when you when it starts to kick off and you start to suffer from like trauma and things, if you don't indulge, you get punished. Yeah, Blade is a bitch. And again, one of the Whisper's powers is literally to summon a fucking lightning storm. This game is broken. <laughs> oh, arcane rituals, etc. No. Uh, some point they'll get ghost contracts. Oh yeah, that's gonna be fucking horrifying. It's like, hey kid, bring me, bring me my newspaper. If you don't, you'll fucking die. 
Crowley, you're going to your apartment to check on your, get your dress uniform and stuff, right? Correct. Are you doing anything else to look into this? Well, I know that the last couple of times I've chatted with him, he hasn't gone well, <laughs> but it's been a while. Like, you know, old wound, time heals all wounds, right? So I might friend. try and chat up uh, Valeris to see if he knows anything about like Lord Strangford or what's what this is all about. Yes. Well... Ah, uh, Mariella, what? Asking honestly, what of your various heists you've been involved with have you shared with the other members of the party? In the meta sense, Alex and I tend to talk about our heists because, you know, we're related to this, what we did. We are literally related. That's what we do. Um,. I think in character, though, I've maybe mentioned small bits here and there, but I've never really gone, this is exactly what we did. Okay, so Mariella hasn't mentioned the fact that Strangford was the one to eat a knife at Riley. I'm saying anything like that. Cool. Because Strangford was to do with the, um, the kidnapping of Rosalind and the ransom, so he knows Riley's face at least. Or the back of Riley. <laughs> when he used her as a dartboard. Oh, she's checking. I wasn't having info crossing over. Ah, uh, go see Valeris. He. It feels like he doesn't move. He just lives in that singular spot at that sim- singular card table with the same glass of half full whiskey. He has a different set of cards in his hand, so they have like blue backs instead of red backs when you get in. But let's see, is he excited to uh, see you? As- he is. Uh, Crowley's actually kind of shocked by the look of happiness on his face he Valeris sees him especially after the last confrontation but I will side up uh, to the table and uh, deal me in for a hand Crowley what brings you here? oh you know just the same old same old going around town going to a ball tomorrow oh you have to go to the fancy pants ball yeah yeah real real excited about it Valeris and anyone talking the ball or anything like that I mean the most of us grunts are you know we all just go to the mess and get piss-faced. It's only like the... It's only like those in charge of the regiments and the various noble twats 
who immediately got put into officer positions despite not knowing how to hold a fucking gun. <laughs> what got you dragged into your family? Huh. Not, not totally sure this time. Polaris, honestly, it's uh, been an interesting little while since last time we'd spoken, so. And uh, I am gonna casually kind of push the card over towards him just as we're, you know, playing cards, but just so only he would see it. Mm. You seen this before? Looks like a bird, mate. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought too, buddy. I was kind of pull the card back and put it back into my coat. Oh, I mean, just saying, if they've given you a symbol to go off of, then probably someone's going to be wearing that symbol. You're a wise, wise man, Valerius. Don't take too much money here at the table. I'm going to just kind of fold my cards. Just terrible hand today. You always have a terrible hand. That's true. That's true. Uh, and I'll, like, pointing towards the bar. Uh, next drink's on me. And I'll flip them, you know, a piece of silver or whatever. That kind of gives you a standard salute. Because he recognizes you. Goes back to polishing. Valeris just kind of stares at his cards like they hold the secret to the universe. Despite the fact that he is now at a table alone, because the others kind of shifted away slightly when you sat down to talk to him. So now he's just playing solitaire. <laughs> you be good, Valeris. No. And Crowley will head back to the Peppermint Gorilla after stopping by his apartment to see if he does have his dress dress blues, as it were. You do. You have you have your number ones, as it were. They are wrinkled and they were definitely just stuck into just like a foot locker that I had at the bottom of the bed and they're just sort of buried in like the corner. Yeah. When you go back to the Peppermint Gorilla, like several of the of the dancers and probably Mariella herself kind of look at the state of your uniform with just kind of disgust because there's definitely like a, a moth having eaten like a hole in the sleeve and it's slightly dusty and crinkled beyond all shit it's, it's fine surprised it fits so well I'm sure it doesn't need iron before we go oh no, not, that's that's fine. We'll stretch out, stretch out as we go. One of Mariana's lifers goes into orbit. You see, like Amber and Bertrude and some of the others just kind of raise, like, like throw a look at Mariana as if to say, "Do you want us to hold him down so you can iron it?" Like a personal army strippers. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> Don't own a pimp cane, so I have a lightsaber in place of one. Right, well. 
Ariella will not forcefully iron Crowley's uniform. The mute beefcake in the corner, like the Mr. X looking beefcake guy who hasn't spoken a word. People have just been using him as like a hat stand and stuff for his umbrellas, like off his like massive muscles. There's just like umbrellas and things hanging. What have they done to you? That's a person. <laughs> yes. Yes, they are. Mario will gather up the umbrellas. I that was a mannequin. Well, if they're a mannequin, they are entirely stunted and they can hear you. Again, Mario will gather up the umbrellas and put some in a pot. This is mine now. So you take an umbrella with a duck head for a handle. Yep. It's like jet black as well. Yes, this is my umbrella now. It's jet black except for like the duck bit, which is kind of like a golden brown. And you're just like, yes, I will kill all of you. It's mine now. You have a feeling a client left it behind during a visit or something, but it's yours now. Right, if anyone comes looking for this, you haven't seen it, okay? Seen what, boss? It's a spirit. Yeah, it's now... I'll say, like, by the... T- it's about fifth bell right now, so... If there's... If you want to look into anything before you go, if you want to reach out to anyone, or if you want to, I don't know, fucking ride in on a wave of ghosts or whatever Blake does for this time... To make an impression, this is the time. Ariella's gone to get her like fanciest ball gown on. It is naturally ruby red. Floor length or? Um, I'm gonna say ankle length purely for like ease. Remember, I'm just it's like. I like things like that, but I've never understood the appeal in a full-length hem because it's just going to get dirty. It's fair. It's fair. But it's not like super poofy either, so you know, it's poofy enough to store—I don't know—a crowbar underneath. <laughs> Util- utility ball game. <laughs> Pimp yes. Kingdom wants look. Are you taking like a purse? Yes, I will take my um, Mary Poppins purse. Okay, with Mary Poppins purse, I will say, Mariella, you can go up to medium load. Okay. Do to me. Crow- Crowley, are you having any form of bag, or are you kind of? Uh, no, I won't have a bag, but I mean. I do have, uh, my dress blues does have a dress holster, so I will have at least one of my pistols on me, just there. As standard. Besides that though, no, just my general pockets and so light, if you will. Yep, so you are, I'm afraid, stuck with light load. So, uh, is, I mean, we have flashbacks to be able to do any prep work and things we think of in the moment, so. This is, this is a social. 
stealth. Because it's social, I'm afraid. You don't really get a choice in the matter. And the method of engagement is the fact that Crowley hasn't. Yeah. The fact that Crowley got invited and didn't get this bard entirely. Put your dancing shoes on. Dancing! I told you I'd take Mariella to a ball. You did. One die for sheer luck. This, kind of the aim of this one is you want to establish contact with whoever you're looking for. And if they need something done in the moment, do that. If they want to discuss further arrangements, etc. This is very much intel-based. And, you know, try not to get literally everyone suspicious of you. Which does mean I'm going to set up what? For level of suspicion, level of just general suck. That's not what the clock would be called, but you know. I've got a clock called Sus, and I will have a clock called Contact. And who knows, maybe we'll have other ones later on. Ah, does this plan's detail expose a vulnerability? No. Is it strong against this approach? No. No rivals are interfering, but either of you any have any contacts you think could provide aid in this moment? Unfortunately, no. Not for Crowley, at least. I mean, I have I could call my family, but that's not going to go well. <laughs> because you are going to Strangford's Manor, I am going to give you a dice for kind of you know, having balls on you because much as Strangford may not know you two entirely, he does know the gang. So, so we only have two die, I'm afraid. Better than Part one. of the die. See what the die say. It's alright. It's a four and a five. So partial success. I'm going to say, you get in the door. That's fine. Essentially, it's at this very lavish manner. Like, think like Downton Abbey. Kind of mansion manor, extravagant grounds, etc. You're honestly surprised this much greenery exists in Nosalis. And, you know, it hasn't all been haunted by ghosts or whatever. Look, grass. You're like, is that a peacock or is... He's like, is that a peacock or is that just a very ugly pigeon? Yeah, thanks. There's like a gravel driveway that you kind of walk up. Mariella's like, are you in heels or are you in like flat? Probably heels. She's like, mm, this is horrible. Like you pull it off flawlessly because you're just like, yep, this is fine. But you are just there going, I will not be able to run down this without breaking an ankle. Thank God I'm not with Blake. Why does that have to run dragging his ass along, probably? 
Probably. But such is life. You get in. I'm gonna say you get through the door. Your complication is that there are searches at the door. And all weapons are to be surrendered. Are you giving up your weapon or are you going to try and smuggle it in? Uh, so, for, so flashback right away. Uh, we do have that rigging which allows us to hide uh, a item. And I do have a pair of fine pistols, so I will give up my one pistol to them at the front, but I also will have my other pistol hidden, uh, probably like within my jacket so that it's unde undetectable. I was wondering if someone would remember the rigging or not. Mariella, do you have any weapons in your purse? I would also like to call a flashback, actually. <laughs> yes. In, like, the least classy way possible. I'm going to say most blades probably come with, like, sheaths, don't they? Yes. Yeah, that's going straight down our corset. <laughs> Fair. It's you hidden. kind of manage... You wedge it in the corset enough that you could kind of, like, just kind of go... Shing! No one's going to search down her corset. No one does search down your corset. They kind of do Good. like a gent... It's very much an as non-invasive a pat-down as they can because they don't want to offend the lady. Stare them down the entire time. One of them's just staring at the floor like... <laughs> and they'll, like, they check your purse and they check your pockets and... Like, remove your pistol and what's the my brain's trying to remember what the fuck you call the thing you put a pistol in holster holster that's the word my brain was still on knife holder <laughs> or corset as Kerry calls it. it it's utility it is you say potato I say tomato let's call the whole thing off it's fine all right, everyone leave. <laughs> okay, bye. See you next week. No, but you both get in with your weapons. And I'm going to say, because of the rigging, that's zero stress for both of you. You're no stress with those flashbacks. Plus, everyone knew that at some point someone would stick a blade down a dress or something. We all knew this was coming. Arbs. Arbs. So, you get in. This is, dear god, it fancy. Like, it is a sea of blues and greens. With all the uniforms. Most people have whatever cap they have under, like, tucked under an arm. As they're talking with people, there are badges galore on various high-ranking officials that make Crowley immediately want to salute constantly. There are people very, like, nicely dressed. Waiters wandering around with with trays, with little canapes on them and drinks. There is a table kind of down the middle 
with various, like, names on them. Very much showing you what the seating arrangement is. Because you've walked into, like, this big ballroom, but it doesn't seem like you're eating in here. So you're guessing, in a place like this, they've probably got a massive dining room further back. This seems to be the entrance hall. It's very grand. It's There's a staircase going up where you can see security positioned. And there's, at this point, at this point, you can see, you can make out at least like seven different nobility members mingling with the crowd, talking to generals and captains and all of that and just kind of, you know, it's socializing, blending in. What would you like to do? I'll grab a drink to immediately blend in more. Say the first uh, guy with a drink that they find, Crowley would stop and go, all right, listen, buddy, I, I'm going to need you to, if you see me with an empty drink in my hand, you give me another drink, please. And I will, I'll take care of you, buddy. I'll take care of you. I, I, we own a place and yeah, I point over my shoulder. You see, you see her? You see her? Yeah. She, you know what she runs, you know. When you got your back. I'm gonna need some kind of role for that. I'm gonna command. Okay. Command the guy to ply you with alcohol for the entire night. Uh, that's a five. I do have one dot in it. Yeah. Uh, he kind of glances at you, glances at Mariella, glances at you. Looks back at Mariella, who's by this point got like red wine in a glass and is looking rather menacing. One fear, the queen. It's like, ah, uh, sure, sir, sir, that's fine. I'll, uh, do you have a vintage preference or? Uh, no. <laughs> you just can't make sure my glass is full. I don't care. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, he kind of, he pours, he like switches the glass that was in your hand for one that is about twice the size. Like fills it to the brim with some kind of white wine and then scampers off into the crowd. You assume to like, see if he can trade with someone or something so he can actually follow you around all night. How that goes will remain to be seen. There's something slightly menacing about turning to a random waiter and going, we'll take care of you. Yeah. Especially from the guy that has chloroform and rope to buy default in his fucking inventory. Well, as long as he keeps the glass full, there will be no need for that. And, and the taking care of will be a very nice thing. Now, if my chalice tends to get, you know, empty, then we'll see what we need to do. I'm torn between horror and wanting to laugh in all honesty. I've gone for the latter, apparently. Ah, uh, but Crowley would turn to Mariella. Okay, well, uh, this is so far above my pay grade. This is the kind of shit my... I, can I look around real quick? 
Is my mother here? Oh, yeah. She's like... Her uniform compared to yours is so smooth and so perfect that you could write a fucking opera on it and there would be no crinkles, no tearing, no ink getting spilled. This thing is so smooth they could ask ten people to dinner by just looking at them. Right. Yeah, so that's gonna be rough. Uh, and Crowley, like, is just slams basically this chalice of white wine as he just refuses to make eye contact with his mother. What does your mother look like, Crowley, since you are very clearly looking everywhere but her, so it's kind of easy for Mariella to tell? Uh, Crowley definitely kind of resembles his mom in the way except that she has more of even like a hawkish like a quality to her. Her very angular features all come to it. She has very uh, tightly pulled back into a very tightly pulled back bun, the same kind of silver hair that Crowley has. Also, she has the exact same kind of just grayish blue eyes that Crowley has. And her it's just such a serious expression on her face at all times. Never just a crack of a smile or anything like that. But even in her, you know, older age, she still looks like just a fierce... Crowley always has compared his mother to a hawk. And in some regards has called her a stinking chicken other times when he's really mad about it. But just the kind of grayish pulled back hair and the sharp angular nose and chin uh, just all play into just how much of a hawk she looks like. Long and lanky like Crowley is and just clearly so pristine in exactly comparison to Crowley's just devil may care attitude to what his uniform looks like. I see the resemblance. Yes, the, the brigadier is very prim and proper tonight. Like, full-on, stood at attention the entire time. Back straight, constantly roving the crowd, like, checking for threats. You can see she actually has, like, a saber at her side. Like, one of the standard ones they'd use in, like, parades, but she's clearly gotten special permissions such that she is, like, one of the few people armed in the room. Apart from, like, base security. And she is talking with a very elegant, kind of skinny lady who honestly looks like a soft breeze could blow her over. But who is in, like, such a... It's like a multi-layered ballroom dress. Gown with, like, gold, like, interweaved into it, such that it kind of hangs and flows across her form. So it suits her, but you also hate her. Fuck. Just fuck. I I I mean I knew it. I knew she was gonna be here. I don't I I mean there was no way she wasn't gonna fucking be here, but so clearly yeah, smart person. That's my mother. I suppose now it's not the right time to point out I can see the resemblance. <laughs> you wouldn't be the first, and you won't be the last. 
But so yeah, she. Mm. Jasper sprints into frame, pours, fills your glass again, sprints out of frame. Crowley doesn't slam this one, but takes a very large gulp out of the second round of this chalice. For so honestly, if we could figure out what the hell we're doing here quickly, and I can avoid having to speak to her, that would be really wonderful. Noted. Well, perhaps we should put some distance between ourselves and her. Oh, she's definitely already clocked us, and she knows that I'm here already. She's, and she saw you with me as well. So just be on the lookout. She, she's a lot quicker than she you would think for her age. Oh, I don't doubt it. But yes, uh, let us try and blend, blend, blend in. That's that's the best option. Okay, so stealth. You have a short period of time before everyone seeks for dinner. Are you wanting to do any scouting? Is this just kind of a preliminary get yourself settled, don't make any waves, and then look later? Uh, since this is kind of like the entry time and everyone's just, I'm sure, milling about, I would kind of like to hunt for said uh, emblem if I can just pick it out. I don't want to talk to them yet, I don't think, but I, I do want to try and hunt it down to see if I can at least pick it out somewhere amongst this crowd. Yeah, so you can do a hunt roll, clearly. I will say I do have a clock called Crowley Gets Drunk. Uh, Crowley's trying to steal his nerves. The, he just needed one big giant glass and then the gulp, so he's, he's not he's not trying to get trashed right now. He just needed something to deal with the inevitable confrontation with his mother. Yes, it has a max of eight. I'm sure I can fit him in my purse if need be. <laughs> For the first time in the entire time we've been playing Blades, that is a critical success. That is two sixes. All right. Let me just get this person's exact GPS coordinates. <laughs> BRB. Like a hawk himself, Crowley, just where the hell is this emblem? I'm looking for a bird that isn't my mother. Alright, let's just spy on people listening to conversations. Then gets annoyed because two people moved away before she found out what Horace did. There is a he looks like some kind of diplomat. A very tall man. Only looks in his mid-twenties. Though he's already gone bald. And has black eyes. He's very pale, very skinny. But there's a lot of intelligence there, and he is in a fine, creepy suit with golden cufflinks attached. His bow tie very much looks like someone else tied it for him expertly. And there's some, you think, kind of looking across, you can see some sort of like powder. Like he clearly can afford like actual makeup and things too. Make him look less like a pasty drip. But he has a um, 
he has a signet ring on and you just catch a glimpse of it as he reaches out for another glass of wine but it's that same hawk on this little bronze signet ring that then curls back around the glass and goes out of sight again Seeing that, I will make eye contact with Mariella and just without actually saying anything, just with my eyes, basically motion towards that gentleman before kind of turning off and just kind of once again mingling amongst the crowd, making sure to keep one eye on my mother if possible so that I have the most room across from us at all times. Let me roll for your mother. <laughs> A sentence I never thought I'd say. Oh no. <laughs> well, I rolled a prowl roll for your mother to see like her progression across the room and she got a six and a five, so Oh good. As Crowley kind of turns away from the man with the with the signet ring and you kind of catch a glimpse of him such that you kind of nailed his face, so you know you could find him later. You do kind of turn to put your empty glass down and pick up another one and reaching for the same glass at the same time is the woman that Crowley pointed out as his mother. Hey, excuse me. I'll reach for a different glass. Oh, I'm, I'm very sorry, ma'am. It's always awkward at these parties when you brush hands with someone. Oh, absolutely. Kind of picks up a different one, kind of casts an assessing glance at you. Goes, take it you got dragged along by someone. I wouldn't say dragged so much as I do rather enjoy a good party. Yes, I guess it depends on the party. These kind of ones can be a bit too much of a political landmine. I can imagine so. Seep. <laughs> seep. <laughs> seep, seep. She kind of extends a hand to you and goes, Brigadier Strixhaven. Do I light her or should I be <laughs> Do you give her your actual name? The name Mariella never uses anyway. Mariella extends a hand. Mary Beth Ainsley, nice to meet you. Charmed. I hope your guest for the night hasn't just abandoned you to this crowd. Oh no, I tend to wander off. It's nice to interact with others, you know? Yes, I, I do find it people are a bit more genuine when you don't have someone else looming over you. Plus, it's always nice to see another side of the coin, as it were. Yes. There's kind of a wry smile on her very, like, hawkish face. Ariel has just got, like, her... She's generally always got, like, a pleasant smile, for lack of a better term. Whether or not it's genuine is a whole other story. Crowley, give me study or survey. I'm gonna go with survey this time. I did study last time. Well, 
That's that's the normal luck. That's a one. Ah, I have foresight. Oh, yeah. Which means I can assist him with without paying stress. Roll another die. You've got one Come more on. of those, I think. Yeah, I get two. Our, um, score. Well, it's better than a one. That's a three. Unfortunately, this was a roll, really, to maneuver a path that you don't walk directly into your mother's line of eyesight. So, sadly, you do walk directly around the table that these two are having this discussion next to. And your mother locks eyes with you. <laughs> Crowley just just stops he doesn't even know what to do he just stops in his tracks just staring at oh like stands at attention as he just makes eye contact and locks eyes with his mother at ease lieutenant um uh general uh hi mother you should know this it's brigadier I, I apologize, uh, Brigadier General Strixhaven. I'm wonderful to see you. She kind of throws a look at Mary Beth and is like, "Ah, oh, men." And I just try to return the look and make it look as genuine as possible. Like, what are they like? <laughs> men folk. Yes, I didn't uh, expect to be uh, invited to the ball, but I saw the invitation and uh, knew I, I must attend. Brigadier General Strixhaven. Yes, well, as, as much as your departure was... Trying to find a word that isn't just say fucking shameful. Unexpected. Your service is still admired by those who served under you, and you carry the you carry a respected name. And you kind of see her like scat watch as Jasper runs into frame, tops up your drink, runs out of frame again. And kind of raises a disapproving eyebrow. Ensure I you have... behave in a manner befitting the Strixhavens, Jay Crowley. Uh, Brigadier General, I have no idea what that man was doing, and I will, of course. And Crowley will actually salute his mother. I will make sure to not offend the Strixhaven name in any way tonight. Mother. She kind of just gives you a long look of bitch you be bitch you can't lie to me, I raised you. <laughs> I remember when you told me you'd eaten your vegetables and you'd just thrown them on the floor. kind of nods like there's a bit of acceptance there clearly the invite had to go through her in order to get approved so there's some progress there 
kind of turns back to Mary Beth and is like, good luck with him, my dear. Ella just smiles. It was very nice to meet you. And you. I'm always interested to see what kind of company the lieutenant keeps nowadays. Not all of it is reputable. Probably chokes on a bit of his uh, wine that he's drinking. <laughs> Say hello to Valeris next time you see him. I, I haven't seen him in a, a long time, uh, Brigadier General. If you'll excuse me, I need to talk to Strangford. Kind of clips her heels together and walks off very military march. The crowd fucking parts like the Red Sea. Crowley, without thinking, salutes as she walks away before quickly dropping his hand. Several others do salute as well, one instinct. Oh, that's an interesting experience. Yeah. Yes, yes, a very interesting experience. My, my mother is a, a very w- interesting woman, some would say. And, and I will slam this glass of wine now. <laughs> but as Jasper comes to fill it this time, I'll, I'll actually stop him and go, just give me, give me a little bit. Would you like some... Water or some coffee or something? Um, no, I think I just need to grab a snack. So uh, dinner is soon, yes? Uh, any moment now, sir. Fantastic. Uh, see me after the appetizer course. Yes, sir. And it throws a look at Mariella like, help, and then skitters <laughs> off. Right, so back to the task at hand. Mariella says, keeping her voice down a bit. What's the next step? Well, we have to get close to the gentleman with the ring. And I'll kind of motion over my shoulder to wherever he's standing at this moment. Because I've kept an eye on him, even with my you know, mother scaring the crap out of him. He still would keep an eye on the target. And we need to figure out why they invited us here to have this go through my mother and get me invited to this ball. They must really, really want something or know something. I, I, I'm shocked, honestly. drink I'm just gonna casually start moving through the crowd again just slowly slowly getting closer going towards ring boy yeah just circling around a bit to make it casual but event just like trying my best to make it look like I'm naturally just going through the crowd let me roll for the crowd One guy's an idiot and doesn't fucking move, but everyone else kind of 
maneuvers around you as you would at a party like even those in mid-conversation kind of step back or step forward to make sure there's room for traffic oh yeah they touch slightly at the one idiot that doesn't move he panics it's clearly like someone who's like half fallen asleep standing up oh now i feel mean so now he just kind of staggers and is like oh you are about 10 meters away from Ringboy, who is having a hush discussion with with the skinny lady that Crowley's mother was speaking to originally. Is there anything like on the nearby walls that I can pretend to be looking at? If I can get any closer? Yeah, there's a couple... It's like mosaics. There's a few wall mosaics of... There's one of like... It's clearly meant to try and represent the Leviathans, but since there's no actual drawings of the creatures, it's kind of just a weird morass of darkness. I'll go up to that. Just doing my best to look like I'm 1000% invested in this mosaic. Absolutely not trying to eavesdrop on a conversation just over there. I'm not doing anything. Oh, wait. Let's see, how loud are they speaking? You can only hear the ladies' half of the conversation. The guy seems too softly spoken for his voice to carry in the room in any way, even though you're standing fairly close. You... You just kind of you're hearing tidbits that sound like agreement tax contact. Okay. So nothing really I can use then. <laughs> nothing you can use as a conversation starter, though you do hear what sounds like Myla's name at one point. Where's Crowley at this point? Where are you at this point, Crowley? I've uh, probably just been moving simultaneously with Mariella, but also like kind of like keeping my distance enough that we're not moving as one, so it doesn't seem like it. But I'm probably probably about you know five feet to you know ten feet back from when they are, but keeping an eye on both. You're examining a tray of canopies about five meters from Mariella. Do any of these that you have back there have more meat on them? Because I'm really sick of this veggie stuff. I, every every one of the trays I've seen come around, it's been veggie. And I, I'm just really looking for anything that like, like some protein, like anything, like maybe. One of the like waiting stuff kind of leans in slightly and is like, you hold off a few more minutes we're literally starting with like a meat roast you're saving my life man thank you thank you I'll take another one of the veggie canapes (laughs) furious eating veggie Mm, nutrition (laughs) Mm, vitamins (laughs) no you as like this lady walks away from 
this target of yours, you do all hear kind of a little bell. Like there's, well, it's clearly like the head of the waitstaff. Like his uniform is a little bit smarter and a little bit more crisp. And he has a little badge. And it rings a little bell and it's like, uh, if everyone would like to make their way to their seats, any plus ones, just ensure that you sit to the left of your of your partner, as that is how we have organized it. And everyone kind of murmurs to each other and then starts to maneuver their way into the dining room. Now what? Uh, as we begin to move towards the dining room, are we close enough to talk to this guy? He hasn't started moving yet. He, it very much seems like whatever this conversation he's just had was about has kind of given him something to think about. I that then, I guess. All right, I'll turn to and just kind of gestures with her eyes. Get over here. Uh, Crowley would make his way over to Mariella. It's now or never? Well, it's at least to uh, open the conversation door. I don't know if we have to do everything now. It seems that we're in a safe space at the moment, so. But yeah, like moving towards this guy, I'd kind of as I get close, I'd, I'd like to take the card out of my pocket and like put it in my hand, and, like like go to shake his hand, but like so my hand is open. Be like, sir. Good to see you here. There's like, there's a blink and you'll miss it kind of scanning of you and then of Mariella, who's a half step behind you. And he kind of sidles slightly further back into this alcove with the mosaics, such that he's, you know, not in the way of the flood of people charging for the soup course. You know, who thought people would run headfirst for a pumpkin soup at one of these parties. But he kind of sees the card, and you see, like, there's a moment of recognition before it's back to the very cordial expression. And he kind of twists his ring such that he actually had it facing inwards. Such that it wasn't obvious to anyone looking at him. So he kind of twists it back round such that it's now visible to both of you. And just kind of goes charmed. I'm glad to see your invitation arrived safely. Yes, thank you so much for getting us an invitation to this sensational ball. I've never had the pleasure. Yes, well, oh. I'm guessing you are Lieutenant Strixhaven, then going by the military blues. Yes, uh, 
Crowley, you can call me, and you are? Fendral. Is that a B or a V? It's an F. Oh, Fendral. There we go, see? His accent makes it harder. Well, Fendral, as it were, it seems that we have an alignment in our ambitions. Yes, well, your objective was made somewhat clear to me by an associate of mine. And, well, he thought I could be of some assistance to the pair of you. Or the four of you, I believe I was told. Well, yes, there are more, but of course the invitation was only a plus one, so it is just I and our glorious leader here with me. Glorious leader. And whom is this charming young woman that you have brought with you that you claim is your glorious leader? All right, Ellen, we'll hold her her hand. Mariella Ruby, nice to meet you. He does the full, like, noble person kissing your, like, kissing your fingers kind of thing. With, like, a little dip. Like, he's five foot nine, so this guy's, like, quite tall. He's like, charmed, milady. Yes, well. I'm glad you received it and you didn't get in. You didn't have too many issues. Though, he kind of throws a look at Crowley's outfit. That definitely raised a few eyebrows. Well, you have to forgive me. It's been a few years since I've had to wear any sort of uniform. Oh, I'm well aware. Wasn't aware you didn't know what an iron was, but here we are. Right. Well, once again, so happy to meet you, Fendro. Should we attend dinner? Or is our business required to be post-haste? I believe... In attend dinner, it's by sheer coincidence the pair of you are on my table. Luck of the Leviathans, I'm sure. Yes, so uh, business over a good meal, as I say. Well, lead the way then, good sir kind of offers an arm to Mariella in like an escort fashion. Oh, Mariella will take the arm. <laughs> Crowley has to trail behind them like a sad puppy. Oh, it's not the first time. 
Crowley's military man, so he just walks as always with his arms crossed behind his back. Marilla, you've kind of examined a lot of people, and you get your... I mean, you haven't gone to where you are and your reputation as the Red Queen without having a good idea of what makes people tick. Hmm. This guy definitely seems to be an information broker. He deals in info, he deals in maneuverability more than anything. To others, he probably seems fairly forgettable, and that's very much part of the image he's cultivated. He's here to... If you describe anyone on the councils as falling into more of the puppeteer variety, it's him. of escorts you and by default Crowley who's just following into a very lavish dining room with dozens of round massive tables that look like they could seat about 12 people yeah everyone's got silver cutlery kind of arranged out in the there's too many forks for one person to deal with variety there's there's a soup course currently being served servants are darting around filling up wine glasses and there's, there's like a quiet quartet of violins in the corner. Very nice then. Just filling the silence slightly because, you know, the clinking of plates and things and the mutter of conversations is a lot more tolerable when there's a bit of background noise. Dear future Caitlin, find stuff with violins in it. <laughs> Screech. <laughs> I mean, my sister learned violin for a while and her teacher was crap, so she um, ended up playing like Hedwig's theme from Harry Potter on and off for like a year. That's uh, not a good teacher. I wanted to strangle her by the end. Yeah, I can, uh, I can imagine. Yeah, he, Fendral leads you to one of the tables more off to the side. There's less traffic through it. There's, it's very much, he sits, he like pulls out the chair for you to sit in. Don't sit. And he kind of tucks it in and takes his own chair to your left and kind of gestures for Crowley to take the one to his left, such that he is kind of in between the pair of you. And... There's like a chair gap between you three and the rest of the table, who all seem to be like part of the same unit of bluecoats who've been invited to this. And are all kind of talking and eating soup. And one of them has definitely totally not spilt soup all over his finely pressed shirt. Oh. His shirt was always orange, I swear. <laughs> it's the fashion. Pendrel kind of looks at the soup and is like, mm, no. Uh, gestures, and a young woman in waiting uniform comes across and is like, ah, yes, yes, sir. Okay, I, I don't like this type of soup. Please bring, please start bringing out the main courses. 
I'll have to check with Strangford and, you know, because obviously he's kind of a- Yes, yes, I know, Strangford will be fine with it. He trusts my timing at these such events. He's got other business to deal with, after all. You can see, like, the girl kind of, like, reassesses this random man who's essentially told her that he's fucking in charge. Kind of scarpers off towards the head table where you can see Strangford, who is a hench-built guy who looks like... I mean, his arms are basically like fucking poles. He could strangle you with them and tie knots. Like, if you get a very skinny... Like, that skinny woman from earlier, he could take her and tie her into a pretzel. Intriguing. He beef. And he has, like, a... He has, like, a very strong tattoo on his arm that you can still see, even through... Like, he's the kind of person who... Instead of dressing in his blues, he's kind of dressed up in his blues, but he's like, rip the sleeves off. Beef. Oh, yeah. Very much so. Ariella has a strange mental image for a moment of how much of an asset he would be to the peppermint gorilla. I mean... But no, he's... He gets approached and you see... Well, Crowley smells it before it's seen, but you smell meat being brought out. And a big form of steak with like some foie gras and greens and things is brought out from these little jugs of gravy. But honestly, you think that jug is probably worth the same amount that you've earned in the last week. And y'all run strippers and drugs. Drugs is lucrative, but not that lucrative. Well, the main meal is good. It's meat. Crowley is happy. Though you have a feeling there were less, there are suddenly less vegetables on his plate and more on yours, Mariella, than when you started. You went to take a sip of wine. But I'm still a child. Yep. Mariella will eat her vegetables and most of Crowley's vegetables. Vendral will kind of finish his food and kind of very, like, elegantly kind of tucks his thing in and, like, dabs at the gravy. And not in, like, a... I feel like that's directed at me. <laughs> I could see the little smirk. I was like, I see you, Kerry. <laughs> But he kind of... You see... You've both seen Blake do some weird shit. But no, he, like, will fix... He fixes his appearance, and you've seen Blake do some weird stuff. Like, I mean, you've all encountered a fucking demon possessor guy by now. And you all have started to notice that when Blake connects to the spirit field, there's kind of a brief shimmer that goes out in about however long a radius he's looking for. And you both notice, like, there's a brief shimmer that only goes in, like, a five-foot bubble around you. But everything, all the noise outside it, suddenly seems kind of muted. 
and Pedro kind of pauses what he's doing, kind of. There's like a moment of. There's like a brief flash. His eyes are no longer, for a moment, weren't black. They were kind of silver. And then it fades again. Okay, now we can talk business. Baz. Also, Baz of the Lamplacks has informed me that you are performing a little job for him. And that, well, I could be of use. Well, what does your use cost? Since I assume nothing with you comes for free. No, I've... I make my... I don't actually hold a position on any of the councils. But I hold a great deal of power over those who sit on them. Knowledge is power, my boy, especially in a city like this. Your lovely friend here knows that better than most. Like recognizes like, I guess. But your particular target has been a bit of a thorn in my side when it comes to enacting certain laws and certain trade agreements and tax increases. Because I guess if, if you hold information over the information broker, then by default, all of that controls him. The cost of this is simply that you actually take out Mylora. Really? Because I'm in a Cold War situation with her. I have information over her, she has information over me. Neither of us can act without assuring the destruction of the other. However, there's nothing in these terms about being able to outsource. And since Baz is so clearly outsourcing to you already, I thought I'd do some research into all of you. Have a look through your backgrounds, your histories. And partly why I invited you here tonight. It's interesting to see the combination of a woman so clearly in her element and a man so clearly out of his. Mylora has a son. He is six years old. Do you know where this son is? He gets moved a lot because obviously he is a target. But I know if you can find Mylora's bow, as it were, 
Well, I mean, in this case, her bow is dead. If you can find his next of kin, they're caring for the boy when she's at work. And after all, you're going to struggle to get her, get to her in any sort of physical form. You won't win a straight fight. It's not like you can snipe her from a rooftop. And she's immune to most forms of poison. But a mother's love for her child. That's something she can't make herself immune to. Crowley to look. Crowley will look at uh, Mariella for looking back at Fendril and listen, I've no problems involving the kid. But and I, I don't know how the rest of the group is gonna handle this. What do you propose happens to this child? I mean, I guess it depends on, depends on all of you, and it kind of depends on the lab relaxes and the crows. Because I mean, the moment Myla recalls, we're going to have a civil war about who's going to take succession, and if it's revealed that he is related to her, that child will be in danger, regardless. Maybe the Lamplacks will eliminate him to avoid a future threat. So we find the kid, we take the kid, and we get the mother to come to us alone. As alone as she can be, I guess. She's not dumb enough to turn up entirely on her own. Do you know of a spot that this could go down at? We need somewhere away where her defenses would be least secure. Well... I mean... You're the ones with all these blueprints at your disposal. Crowley just takes a drink of his wine. Hand in the dark, huh? That's... That's you, Fendril. Well, you weren't worth reaching out to before, but after the incident on the smokescreen. You're now a val- Your group is now a valuable enough player to be worth contending with. Crowley will look uh, towards Mariella. It's, it's on you, boss. Oh. It takes Mariella um, a slight while to actually answer. And then she'll look over at Crowley. 
I'm sure they'll figure this out. As much as the others might pretend to be, we're not unintelligent people. The child doesn't have to die. Just put no. that card on the table. The state of the boy is of no concern of mine. I've done many things, but intentionally killing a child is not one of them. No, but the minute we pull the trigger on his mother, the child will become public enemy number one. So, potentially kill the mother and hide the child away. Six is a young age. Look to Fendril. That seems more something of your job description. If we could get you the child, could you squirrel them away somewhere safe, away from all this? There's a very calculating expression on Fendril's face. He's very much trying to figure out whether there's anything he can gain from agreeing to that. He's essentially handed you guys a nuke. And it will be known, it'll be very clear that if you fuck up, that he's handed it over and kind of breached the Cold War terms. So he's trying to figure out whether the long term benefits of knowing where that child is and having him secure will work out for him or not. I ask you this, Fendril. What's better, the nuke you already used, or the nuke that you have in your pocket that everyone has to be afraid of? I can make inquiries, but I can't promise anything at this point. I'm sure we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Well, I can't make any more open inquiries without her getting suspicious, so... If you can remove her without a public display, as it were, then yes, I can find somewhere to scroll the boy. Noted. They're very interesting people. You know, we hear that kind of often. Just be careful where that interest will land you in the future. Always. The mute, like the barrier, the sound blocker surrounding all of you kind of fades out. Thankfully, he fades it gradually. So you don't just suddenly get blah! of noise, but. Fades back out, and you can see, like, they don't really serve dessert. They kind of have, like, a coffee and little chocolate style things available. And people have started to move on to, at the far end, away from all your tables. There's, like, a big kind of dance floor where people have started to kind of sway quietly to 
to violin music. And someone's pulled in, like, wheeled in a fucking piano. And it's just playing a quiet waltz. Tendril kind of nods to you both. And there is, like, he does throw you, Mariella, a, an assessing glance again. I guess he's not, he's not, he's clearly not used to people factoring in an additional part of a bargain. Or he kind of slides off. Oh, well, she was being glanced at, she just looked back at him. There's respect there. Not many people turn to, essentially, he is a spider and add a condition to an agreement and get away with it. It'd be best if we made our leave soon. Yes, I would tend to agree. I would say one more drink, uh, just to make it not so obvious that our only intentions were already concluded and then we GTFO as some would say and for the road it is then so Jasper I wave down appears Jasper. out of nowhere <laughs> <laughs> he appears from underneath the table somehow what were you doing under there might I ask he like pulls out a dustpan and brush it's full of like glass shards. Oh dear, you can be careful with that. Thank you, ma'am. And you don't know from where, but he pulls a fucking decanter of wine and like fills up Crowley's glass again and then turns to you and is like, You want any? Yes, please. White or red? Red, please. And I like twists it and it's like two segments to it one with white, one with red, and pours you some red. Experience we could do a few of those. Some inventory. I will give him one of our business us. cards. Why is this rhino green? It's a gorilla. What's a gorilla? Stop by and find out. Mr. X by the doors, like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's that guy's name then. He's just Mr. X. He's just there like beef. Mario has put a little sign on him. Please do not hang umbrellas on me. <laughs> I am real. I am real. I will throw you th out door. I will open door, throw you out door, shut door. I'd love to see Mr. X just shot at someone. Honestly, you probably will one of these days. Like, I have been rolling to see, like, popularity in clients and things. Doing good. Thus far, yeah. You're doing, you're like... I'd describe it as, like, it's as popular as, like, one of those little home bakery things. It's a good start. So you've got, like, 
middle class interest. Everyone comes for Bertrude his speedo. But we're killing in the drug trade. Yeah, plus the next like big next big Leviathan blood ship is due back in soon, so you'll probably get a lot of interest for old Halfmast. Ah uh, yes, Captain Halfmast. You know, I'm starting to see that lasagna wouldn't have been a good choice after they'd had drugs. If they went drugs and then, oh the my god, he would have yeah. them fucking death. <laughs> <laughs> Why is there a horny clown in here? <laughs> Why does every part of him squeak? <laughs> Make it stop. People in the colleges are making it go away. <laughs> That's so much as I could live without. I mean, just size. <laughs> Do either of you care to dance whilst, after you drink, or are you going to try and wiggle out after that? Honestly, not me, I'd say yes, but I think it'd be best if we skidooshed before we use up all the clock segments or something. Yes, I think that <clears throat> my mother's interest, I haven't seen her in a while, and I'm sure she saw us sitting with Fendril and knew that, so the quicker we get out of here, the less likely it is we have to explain anything, so exit stage left, as it were. Well, the ah, next time we find ourselves in... <laughs> Next time we find ourselves at one of these parties, you're in there dance. My lady, I promise you, I am not very quick on my feet, but I, I know the formalities of it, so a dance you will have. It's kind of... You wait another about half an hour, kind of sipping your drinks, and... There's quite a few people who clearly are not in the mood to dance yet. They need to be drunker. You do watch a few kind of the fancy nobles definitely almost trip over their too long addresses or too, or just too clumsy in their shoes. You don't really catch another glimpse of Fendral. You do see your mother Crowley and Strangford talking. Strangford being on the city council and one of the big one of the most important people in the fucking city so that's mildly concerning you don't see any other members of your family Crowley which is a bit odd but you don't think on it too long where's that though well, my it brothers is... are much higher ranks than I. Yeah, they're higher ranked than you, and you see several people who are the same rank as them. So it's not like their rank isn't high enough to be invited to this. They're just not here. You just kind of all glance around, and after a while, so you see several other people start to kind of make their way out 
clearly there for kind of the schmoozing and for the meal rather than for anything else. You gently follow them out. Get out, you get given your gun back, Crowley. And, I mean, yeah, you walk home. It seems everything went fucking flawlessly. But meanwhile... <laughs> yeah, meanwhile, the entire... The rest of Asalis is on fire from where, whatever the fuck Blake and Riley have done. Oh, no. as long as they haven't burned down the peppermint gorilla, we're all good. No, they haven't. Oh my god, for that. I would have whipped some asses if they had. If I'd rolled a one, I would have been like, yeah, part of it is slightly on fire. Alright, who's getting the slap on Mariella's shoe? Bertrude put on too much oil and stood next to a candle. No, Bertrude! <laughs> no, they're fine. Oh my god. Bertrude's our golden goose. It's true. No, in a remarkable in a real first for this you went to an event raised very little suspicion met a contact got information and actually progressed the fucking plot and also made a guy called Jasper your wine bitch hey we'll take care of him he's just gotta stop by you know the peppermint gorilla and then he can hang out with Bertrude for free. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dice and Suffering. If you enjoyed it, check out everyone involved in the description and find the rest of the episodes on all podcasting platforms or at themindgame.org. And may your dice rolls go well, though we all know they won't. <laughs> <laughs>